Hey, it's Anna Gustala. It's the Anna Gustala podcast. Sunday, December 10th, 2023, rocketing towards the end of the year. And the podcast is back on the main channel. Maybe that's briefly, maybe that's the return home for it. I'm not sure. I'm just not sure if I have the wherewithal to continue administering multiple YouTube channels and whether or not it really hurts the algorithm that much to have a piece of long form content on the channel once a week or thereabouts. So let's see. I'm putting it back up there. Welcome. If you're if you're new here, I have a podcast. I've had one since 2007. It hasn't been the most consistent thing I've ever done, but it has been the longest running thing I've ever done. And uh, there's plenty on that out there already. Don't need to go into details now. Let's get to a couple of announcements very, very quickly. Um, as this podcast goes live today, it'll actually go live on Monday on the 11th of December. Um, have a drop happening. Physical books shipping worldwide. Signed copies of all of my physical books. Not all of them, just a few. We're dropping a few new ones that I didn't do on the last drop. Um, we have some copies of Giant Steps. We have some by popular demand copies of all the good stuff and all the better stuff to kind of... Um, oldies but goodies kind of classics the first two books i was really uh, working heavily on uh, my wife just reminded me that we did those something like five or six years ago and a third book in that series is overdue chime in in the comments below let me know what you think um and Cordial harmony volume one and two uh almost sold out right away on the initial drop so i ordered some more physical copies of those as did Pentatonics. Pentatonics. I, I, I have no idea why. Um, I don't question it. I'm just very happy that you guys support uh, support that book and love it so much. That sold out almost immediately. So I have more copies of Pentatonics available as well. They're all linked at the website below in the description of this video if you're watching on YouTube or just go to yannickwasdala.com forward slash store. If you are not in the URS, in the URS, if you are not in the US, and you want to get a copy, a signed copy of one of these books, we are offering international shipping. Um, just make sure you're on a page that says international shipping, and we'll get that out to you right away. Um, thank you so much for the support on all this. I can't believe I'm doing a second drop this soon. It was meant to be like, oh, let's see what happens. And then suddenly everything was like pretty much sold out right away. So yeah, books dropping today. Uh, and I've been having a block, like I'm literally sitting here at my little desk and I've got uh, packing tape and I've got mailers and all kinds of stuff. I've actually been having a real blast doing all this stuff. Got a ship station account, stamps.com account, all of this stuff that I thought I would never, ever do. But since the last time I did it, things have changed uh, in terms of how much better it is for a smaller business owner like myself to actually be able to do all of that stuff and for it to not take up uh, dozens and dozens of hours during the week. Now, get me wrong, it's still a slog. <laughs> it's still a bit of a schlep doing it all, um, but it's a really rewarding one. And signing all, especially signing all these books and knowing that they're going out there to people who really dig what I do and are into supporting the cause enough to buy one directly from me and to bypass our bald billionaire friend there, Jeff Bezos, and not to give him 40% of the proceedings. That really... Uh, it's really been amazing, and um, and long may that continue. And it's been amazing to the point where I'm actually considering a few more book ideas for 2024. More on that later. Let's get to today's podcast. Like the reason I record everything, um, and that's not really. I'm not really overstating. I really do record. More importantly, film. You know, we're talking about live shows here more than anything. Although uh, I'm no stranger to having a GoPro with me in the studio when I'm on a on a session, everyone's okay with it if it's not mine. Um, but I really do throw the camera up and record everything. If I'd really thought about this, I could probably have shown you on. You know what? I see it on the shelf. I'm going to grab it. Quick pause. Hang on a second. If you've been to a show or ever seen footage of a show from a from like an Instagram clip or something that someone shot from the audience, you've no doubt seen one of these things poking over my shoulder. It's this old uh, GoPro session, I think it was called. They definitely don't make them anymore. Wish they would. I'd buy three or four more if I could. It's the Hero 5 session. It's this little cube. Really, really simple. So even a dummy like me could just hit that one button on the top to start recording and one button to stop that's it and i put it in this little metal cage kind of mount and have this 
like uh, they call it like a gorilla grip or something. It's a GoPro grip actually. It's a GoPro on it. I've got that from Gro GoPro. And you know, there's always a, a stand or a shelf or something in a club, um, a lip somewhere to attach this to. And I have a, a a little power cable for it as well, so I can run long form and 128 gig micro SD card in it. Because I know inevitably, like there are going to be questions about, hey, what do you use to record this stuff? It's not high tech. It's an old, out-of-date GoPro that I plug in with a USB cable into a into an outlet, so I get the get the amount of time of a show. Especially if I'm playing two shows in a night, sometimes that can be two 80-minute shows, two 90-minute shows, even. So, not only can I record, I think I record everything at 2K, not at 4K, because that would just be sort of an insane amount of space. It's already a lot of space, I got to say. Um, and that's it. I, I really have that on everywhere. It's very, very rare that I miss a show. Something has to be going sort of really badly wrong in terms of just too much noise and too busyness around, too much busyness around me to 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 get the camera going. Um, so, and as a result, <laughs> um, first of all, as a result, it's it's sort of painful to listen to a lot of it. I'm sure if you've ever recorded, even if it's just audio of yourself and listen back, there are going to be moments where you're like, oh, why did I do that? Or oh, I really don't like the way that sounds. But that is you, that's already the most important part for me. It's all about listening to the reality. You've maybe heard me talk about the Tiger Woods thing, the real versus feel, you know, how close is the reality to how I feel it is? You know, am I hitting the golf ball straight um, or is the golf ball going left? And when I think it's going straight and, you know, it's going left, how do I bring those two things together to the point where the real and the feel can be as close as closely uh, linked as possible. So that's basically it. It's like listening back and reviewing. I'm not going to pretend uh, for a second that I get, you know, that I gleefully jog back to the hotel after the show and listen to the entire concert over again and 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 pick things out. Not at all. No freaking way. I got better stuff to do, like sleeping most of the time. But I go back and I back it up. And what's become uh, more of a routine is sort of remembering a moment in the show. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing. Sometimes there was a mistake or something didn't quite go as I, as I planned it, perhaps. Or I went for something that I was hearing that maybe I couldn't execute technically. Um, so th if that is on my mind, normally that can stay with me for an hour, two, three hours or something. I can remember where that is. So before I kind of drag the files over and fully back them up to the hard drive, I'll do a quick scan, find the spot in the song and remind myself like, okay, what happened? Um, a, was it as bad as I, uh, as it felt? That's always a, a, an interesting one. Sometimes you think, oh, that was horrible. That was such a train wreck. And then you listen back and you're like, oh, sort of sounds like a happy accident. And it ended up creating something musical and pushed us in a direction maybe we wouldn't have, you know, wouldn't have been able to find originally. So sometimes it's that. Sometimes it really is a train wreck. And you're just like, oh, well, shit. Yeah. Everyone blew it or I blew it or we were in a different place or there was a form thing that didn't quite line up. So that is generally what I'm looking for. And then I might might make some notes, like actually write things down, probably make a little note for myself in the in the phone. It's rarely pen and paper these days. Um, and maybe even an alert on my phone to remind me to maybe the next day I'm traveling, I'll be on a train or a plane or something and I'll get a little alert like, hey, um, remember to listen to audio of last night's gig, you know, because not only am I videoing it, I also just put the phone down on the music stand with the voice recorder running. So I have an instant, instantly accessible recording of the show wherever I am. Like I said, if I'm traveling, you know, from gig to gig, I'm on the road, I'm on tour, if I'm in the van or on a train or plane or wherever it is, I sort of have access to that right away. So if I've made some notes, I've looked at the video, like, okay, you know, bummer, you know, let's see how we can fix that. And then the next day throughout the travel, heading towards the next gig, perhaps I'm thinking about it coming up with some solutions, potential solutions. And then, especially if it's my own band, of course, I'm I'm never not uh, wanting the performance to be better, no matter who I'm playing with, my band or, 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 as, a, or as a freelance musician, as a side band. But especially with my band, because I get to do it way less right now, um, I'm trying to make the most of those minutes and those seconds on stage in front of you guys and girls um, really count. So I'm, I'm 
maybe I do it a little bit more right now with my own music or I dig into it or I try and find another gear with my own music because I'm so much more invested in it. Um, it may, actually, not because I'm so much more invested in it, but back to what I said just now is that I get to do it less frequently. So it can have a greater impact by uh, by really digging into certain things in the short term. And uh, I did that recently with the trio in London and in Nottingham and was able to bring some notes each day to the guys. Hey, you mind if we try this, some little sound check thing or, you know, just, just work a few things out that perhaps hadn't gone according to plan. And we should get to some of this stuff. I actually just uh, I, I pulled up the computer here and <laughs> another byproduct of this is that I've created this it's kind of a course, I guess, because it's in a structure and it has sections and stuff, but there's no real there's no real lesson to it, but it is uh, an unbelievable sort of it's an archive. It's called the Live Archive. It's at my website. It's something you can join buy. I don't know what you would call it. You pay to get in. Let's not beat around the bush there. Uh, but once you're in, it's it's an archive of it's like getting a library card, like paying for a library card that never expires, basically. And I continue to add to the library as I travel the world and play these shows. And basically, this is where it sort of ended up. And it's sort of a nice place um, to sort of consolidate it all as well. So rather than being all over different hard drives and in random places and also unedited, that's another thing before we start playing some of these songs. That's another thing that we should talk about. The live archive is edited. I don't just throw all the raw footage up there. I actually chop them up into songs and sets and all that kind of stuff. So having the live archive and it being actually a minor source of income motivates me to chop them all up into songs and to like present it to you if you know if you want to check it out and and to have it make sense actually as you listen. You go, oh, I want to look at this gig. It was from Turbingen in Germany. It was 2018 and it was Bob Reynolds Quartet with with Yannick. And you can see the whole show and the, the song names and all that kind of stuff that's it motivates me to do that because i can add more material to the to the course to the archive um and it's it's great to have it all in one place so i can go back and i was like i was before i hit record i was like what how am i going to explain this my process and what i did was i just i uh i typed in i have all of this i have so many videos on this little on this little youtube channel um separate from my main one and i just typed in hush one of bob's tunes into the uh into the search bar and up comes let's see how many versions of it right now 14 versions so i have at least 14 bob reynolds concerts in there where we play the tune hush i've got actually way more bob bob concerts in there uh where we don't play hush um but 14 came up so i can go in there and be like okay i've got 14 different versions of hush and we can pick uh we can pick at will at random um let's see gaster garage and they're all labeled where where they're from um let's pick this one from from milan italy which will be from our our last tour actually In 20 when would that have been that would be 20 uh 22 Last year was it? Oh, man, I can't remember. I'm losing it. I'm totally losing it. But our most recent tour in Europe. Now, I should be clear. I, I don't go back and listen to these like, oh, let me go check myself out. Let's go listen to those shows again. It's not, it's not like that's not the motivation at all. I think... Um, perhaps if there was somebody I was a fan of and they had a live archive like this, that's how I'd do it. It would be quite entertaining if Gary Willis, for instance, one of my favorite bass players in the world, had had a live archive of all the tribal tech shows and all the Gary Willis trio shows and all the stuff he did with Liber and Gergo and Davi and all the all these people. Then I'd be I'd sit there and watch it instead of Netflix. Um, so maybe for you, if you're a fan of the music, that might be a way to use this. I got to be very clear. That's not how I use it when I. If, if I were to type in a search uh, uh, query like this, like hush, it would be because I wanted to go check out, maybe we were going back on tour and I wanted to check out certain things like this, for instance. The first thing that leaps out is the fact that we were doing this intro where it was sort of me and Bob. I'm obviously not really getting it together here. 
Okay, there are actually a couple of things I, and I'm going to interrupt it. This is going to be like almost like a React video, but not. Um, there are a couple of things about this that are vaguely interesting to me as I look at it because this was a tour that I did with just the HX Stomp XL. So that's one unique thing, something I don't normally do. And what looks like a volume pedal. So just two things on the floor HX Stomp XL and a volume pedal. And this was a tour I did on the F bass. So those are two things I don't. You know, don't normally do, haven't done it in a while, um, sort of unique about that. So right away I'm like, oh, it kind of puts me back in that headspace. And if I was preparing for a tour, those are the kind of things I might look at. I might go and look at, like, maybe not specifically a song, but take a quick look at a few different shows and be like, oh, yeah, okay, let's see what, what was working sonically then. What did I really like about my pedal board? What did I really want to change about the pedal board? And, you know, how might I do better next time? You know, really, like, how might I give myself the best chance of success the next time out? So all of those things are just available right there. See, maybe if we have a little more volume action going on, perhaps. That's the other thing. It's not the most high fidelity recording for sure from the camera. But as a reference, it gives me it gives me what I need. So already I'm kind of glad I listened to this actually and this was so random I didn't plan this at all. Um Bobby's playing quite out, you know, and he's sort of in the background because the camera's way in the back. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see the camera's way in the back on the back of the stage. You barely see Ruslan. Um you see me and Gene and you see Bob's head over the top of the piano and you don't really hear the PA. So it's again it's not a great source of audio. But it is giving me a vibe of like, oh yeah, we we were getting to some things there. This is Milan. So it was, I believe, over halfway into that tour. Um, so we sort of warmed up and on, you know, moving forward. Hopefully, you know, I remember we were having a good time musically. Um, that was the disaster tour where Bob got his bag stolen in Rotterdam and it was that put a kind of a downer on it a little bit but musically we started to to reach for some things and find some things so I'm actually glad I clicked on this it reminds me that in a few weeks we're getting back into the baked potato and getting back into our monthly gig and trying to work on some new music you know really use the show at the baked potato as a, as a workshop and all four of us bring new music to the bandstand even though it's Bob's gig we um we're all encouraged to bring music forwards and uh and experiment and that's what something like you know the baked potato something in town here in los angeles really um could be the most use for and i think give the audience something really different as well and unique you know it's like hey, you're going to hear some stuff that maybe nobody else is ever going to hear and uh, some of it will be amazing some of it will be terrible but the overall experience will be you know pretty pretty interesting so that just listening to this and seeing how out we were getting on this intro, and it's something we played a lot before, this gives me a few ideas like, oh, we want to play new music. We don't necessarily want to play Hush another thousand times in our life. So maybe we write something that sort of extends the vehicle or improves the vehicle that we were finding here live and pushes us, us a little bit further in this direction. That could be a nice could be a nice catalyst for composition so as you can see in just a few minutes in a few seconds in fact of listening to this my brain has gone in 40 different places and it's like oh there, there are just so many things i can take from it from something that happened i damn i wish i remember the date of the gig was it had to be last oh yes october it's over a year ago so it was october november last year so it was over a year ago and here we are like or here i am at least getting something out of it over a year later and there are things I'll play for you in a little while that are far older than this. And we can do we can do the same same kind of exercise with that and come up with things that are just as, if not more useful, but completely different at the same time. big old barn of a room, the Blue Note in Milan. 
Bob's kind of leaning on the effects, which is cool. There's another thing as well that springs to mind, which will... Let, let's get off of Hush right now, actually. We'll go to some other stuff. Um, that was just a little example. Um, what springs to mind is is uh, is tempos, our tempos, rather. And that one's a tricky one. I, quite often, Bob and I will play loose out front together, like like you just heard a little bit, and you know, who, kind of who knows where it's going to go. Um and I quite often get the tempo like a little bit less than optimal. I don't think there's any like right tempo. There's a right window perhaps. And sometimes we might actually decide, okay, we want to play it slow tonight. Or we want to play it fast. But there's also the thing of like just that uncomfortable like, eh, it's just the wrong, they're, they're, you know, there is, there can be the wrong tempo at times it feels like. Um, there might not be the definitive right tempo, but there can be the wrong tempo. So I'm I'm all about trying to internalize tempos as well and listening the videotape doesn't lie you when you listen back to it you're like oh yep there it is right there what is it there it is there's no escaping what it was sometimes it's great sometimes it's not but there's no escaping what it was um so it can be very interesting to go back and look at yeah look at like i said look at tempos and see where you're at and uh let's see i've got i've got definitely got a lot of bob in there um sort of stands to reason um it's actually weird perhaps it's better if i go into the actual let's go into my into my site i'll take you inside the live archive uh which is oh good question where is that and actually, can I? Because I'd have to be a member of my own website for the th Okay, that's not going to work. <laughs> Sorry, false alarm. Um, I would have to be logged in as as a get. I don't know how it would work, but I know it's not going to work without me doing some things. Um, what I did add here the other day were were some of my um, some of my shows, which can be interesting at times. And just we, we, like I did, you know, a, a year ago, pretty much a year ago to the week, um, I went to New York to do sort of, well, I went to New York to do a record and there was a day off on the record date and, uh, whoops. Okay. That no, 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 no. Um, there was a day off on the, during the record date process and I was like oh let me just see if I can throw a gig together so I did a gig with Nia Felder and Cliff Armand trio gig um, and kind of sank back into some old tunes it was that last minute throwaway thing Cliff and, and um, Nia had played a few of the songs before so I was like okay I didn't overthink the set list too much and just threw some oldies together but what it allowed me to do was sort of experiment a little bit yet again and uh, what it forced me to do was try and play the songs a little bit differently at least um, at the risk of total boredom <laughs> otherwise <laughs> or at the risk of these guys just never saying yes to playing with me again if we play the same freaking tunes all the time so already this is super bright and I'm playing the F bass again and playing at the bitter end somewhere I'd never played as a band leader before and there it is the head hopefully never have to play it ever again so Fast forward one minute later, we did play again. Okay, so we're leaping out at me again. I'm still playing the F bass. This is uh, a few months before I went back to the Matteson. It's interesting. I did, had nothing to do with the bass, but playing this gig, which was a super fun gig, by the way. Like that's, it's always nice when you 
you know, you look back at it, and even though I'm going to tell you some things I fucking really don't like about it, my first reaction is that, oh, man, it was so great to play with Nier and Cliff again. And this was before Cliff was sort of in my band, doing the new album and Nightwatch and all the stuff we've done this year together. Uh, it was before that. And obviously I've known Nier for years and years and years, 15, 20 years, a long time at this point and played tons and tons of gigs together. When I see this and when I hear it, I'm like, oh, it's just so nice to play with your really great friends and play great music. Um, even if the what I'm about to get to now, which is potentially a little more negative, it's like the same fucking thing over and over. Give me that stern look um, has become way too much of a staple, like a go-to thing. So I remember at this show and also listening back to this material afterwards, thinking like, okay, I have to cut that shit out. I have to stop just capitulating and playing the same five or six tunes because I don't tour as a band leader, because I don't have a regular band, you know, it's always that thing of let's just play the five or six songs that are easiest to put together that yeah, most of the guys already know. There's no real challenge in that. So I kind of made a made a decision as great as this gig is and as much as I love to play with Cliff and Nia, no matter what, um, sort of that this gig helped make me decide to stop putting like little throwaway things together and really, you know, start to be more serious about the way I present my music live. So, again, completely different gig. Uh, even just a month later from the one we were just listening to with Bob, um, a completely different gig, similar concept of here we are recording it and listening to it and trying to get something from it and getting something totally different. This whole feeling of, okay, have to get serious now. Let's not fuck around. Let's really... Uh, Let's really be serious about presenting, about the way I present music and not going back to those same five or six tunes every time. Yeah. Let's see what we can find here. Oh, yeah. Listen, listen to a little Nia Felder. Okay, I hate, sorry, I hate to interrupt, but that's why we're here. Like, if you want to, you can listen to all of this stuff. This is a shameless plug, of course. You can listen to all of this stuff interrupted just by joining the live archive. Um, but that's right there is something like a, a byproduct of like listening back to stuff that I've played on or been a part of live shows, you know, bootlegs like this. You know, I can put my playing aside quite happily and listen to the other people in the band. And there's something that in one of those lines that Nia just played that if I was just sitting here and came across that and was listening to it for a few seconds, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to sit down and transcribe that right now. And maybe I get to transcribing a ton more stuff and it goes in a whole other direction. So it, don't forget, you know, when you're recording yourself primarily because you want to listen back and you want to improve and you, you want to check on mistakes and you want to improve on the good things and, uh, uh, you know, and develop those and, and sort of eradicate the bad things. Don't forget about all the other people that are around you. If you're playing in a band situation, an ensemble situation, there's going to be there are going to be so many magical moments that could seep into your playing that could be come up that could become a part of your vocabulary of your language by transcribing that. So it's really there. Are, as we as I am able to explain to you right now, as maybe you are discovering through this uh, episode of the podcast, it's sort of an endless. Uh, Pandora's box of, of stuff that you were there, you know, like, or rather, I was there. Like those recordings you listened to of yourself, you were there, but we can't pay attention to every single last detail that happens. And most of the time, I'm not trying to, to be honest. I'm trying to be totally in the moment and just feeling it and hearing it as a big picture. So sometimes a little detail like that little solo lick of Nears. Let me see if I can find it here. <laughs> I mean, even yeah, all of that. I'll take all of that. You know, <laughs> maybe you know. Of course, I heard it. I was ten feet away across the other side of the stage because I heard it in the moment. But now I'm hearing it in like 
you know, a nice set of headphones in a controlled environment where I could sit down and, and work some of it out and maybe add it to my playing. So yeah, that's huge. Don't ever underestimate the power of that when you get to listening back to stuff. And it also can take the edge off of listening to yourself as well. It's like, oh, Christ. Yeah, the, it, it is a drag to listen to yourself sometimes. I totally get that. That's a hard hump to get over initially. It was for me. Like, I didn't want any part of listening back to myself. Um, especially not a lot of live shows in the beginning because I was I sucked and I was trying to figure things out and you know I'm really glad there are some recordings that exist early on in my career because it gives me a chance to see sort of where I was coming from of course um, you know always a nice ego boost or at least some a confidence boost to see how far you've come hopefully you've made some progress and then also in, really interesting once you get over all that ego bullshit and, and get out of your own way really interesting to um to figure out what you kept and what you gravitated towards and and you know which directions you took at certain points in your life and what you were listening to at certain points in your life that was seeping into your playing that that can be really interesting and you you really get to hear that through a a long uh you know a long archive like this one of 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 recording yourself over time let's see here let's get some more info now listen to that listen to how listen to how things are developing here as well again apologies for interrupting but this is this is the moment where i can share with you like how i react to it and how i hear it and think about it as i'm you know again you can go listen to this stuff on your own time in as entertainment but as i'm listening to this i'm thinking like oh yeah here we are we're developing the beginning of a solo we're trying to find something where nobody's like nobody's smashing it right away because there's just no need everyone's working together as like a cohesive unit and cliff and i are supporting near and near's like not just trying to wail over the top of us for no reason yeah, we'll get there don't worry we're gonna wail and there's going to be energy and we're going to play all the notes many, many times. But it's nice to hear a unit working together, especially when it doesn't get to play together more than once every two years or something. I don't know. Like Me and Cliff and Deer have worked together before, but it had been a while before this. And it's been over a year since. So nice to hear it cook without having to discuss it or think about it. And if even if there's nothing going wrong and there's nothing you feel you can improve upon, hearing that and understanding that, comprehending that can really help uh, with your confidence moving forward and, and just give you a, a little bit of a more vivid memory of something that was going well that you were a part of. So that's, that's never a bad thing, I think. Number one thing so far is cooking with intensity. Like this is cooking. The energy is high. The intensity of uh, the intensity of the eighth note, the subdivision, the grid is locked, um, yet we're still able to be greasy with it and uh, and not robotic. So heavy grid, lots of grease, super intense, not loud. Like that's huge. That's the that that's year. That's time. That's thousands, tens, tens upon tens of thousands of hours with the instrument. Um, doesn't come any other way than that. You you're not born with that at all. That is only experience. Only doing that over and over and over again can give you that. And you forget about that sometimes as well. If you have that ability, sometimes you forget about it. You're like, oh shit, yeah, because you know maybe you do it a lot and it's like, oh, it's just another thing, but. Or just another day doing the similar kind of thing that you're used to. But it's, I don't think it's a bad thing to remember exactly what it is we do 
And we all do something different. You know, this is me. I play a little trio gig here with guitar and drums. And okay, great. You, you can apply the same concepts to, to no matter what the instrumentation or the, the genre. Like listen to, I don't know, listen to um, Lang Lang or Evgeny Kissin or something like ridiculous concert pianist or my favorite guy, Vengerov, Maxim Vengerov, violinist. And they can cook. On their own, forget about the ensemble. They don't even have to play with anyone. Orchestra, nothing. Piano player, nothing. Just themselves. They can cook like, you, like, like you've never been cooked before <laughs> at high intensity, low volume. This is, oh, it's mega. Something uh, with an ensemble that's really hard to practice because you never really know until you're really doing it. And the intensity is intensified with the audience. So it's not something you can even really do with a band if you get together in a rehearsal studio or something or in somebody's garage or basement you know there's only so much you can do until you get out there on a real stage i, I really believe that and uh yeah cooking cooking at a low volume very nice and kind of driven by near you know he's a soloist he's you know he's a lot of control here And listen to that, like the weaving in and out, and but the accuracy of the you know, he's playing kind of loose. Now that's the that's the end of the phrase. So So this line here. that's kind of all in the pocket and then it gets a little bit loose and again this is not a bad thing at all this is the expression this is being so in control of the time that you can go anywhere because lo and behold because he's he's nailing that phrase at the end of it but in between a little bit looser a little bit more skating I love that. That's real rhythmic flexibility. That's phrasing flexibility. That's that's time. That's that's sound as well. How to pull it off and how to how to convey those ideas. See, we could sit here on this one freaking solo from this one show for an entire podcast, taking it apart and pulling little things out. And you know, of course, I'm sharing with you what I feel is important to me. I, I do feel it's important musically. Period. No matter what you do, like I like I mentioned with with the genre thing, it, it doesn't matter that everyone has their it, it, everyone has their own style. Maxim Bengoro has a much different style from Neil Felder, who has a much different style from you know Herbie Hancock or whoever it is. You can go through multiple genres and um, sort of generations and styles and all that stuff, but ultimately the concept of dynamics and phrasing and time and sound uh, all come down to some very common elements. Um, all of which can be picked out of all of the things I just mentioned uh, in their own way. And, and that, that's important. That's, about, that's if you're taking your music to the next level, I think, if you're, if you're really paying attention and if you really care about it. And I'm not saying you, you, you have to. It's not like, well, if you don't do this, you suck. I'm just saying it's, it's one more thing you can do, um, one more technique in your practice, in your in that building that muscle that ear muscle that listening muscle that that will to to dig deeper and deeper into the music that's what just one more uh one more place you can do it um and it, i guarantee it will help is <laughs> the more you do of this and and the more you're able to sit through of your own stuff and get through that and and find the places to improve oh my god it it will definitely help um
And there's a lot of agreement here with Nia's developing a motif and Cliff and I are building um, building tension and building energy in, in the rhythm section, in the comping, in the support. And there's a lot of agreement as to where we build and where we release. And we have so many similar uh, rhythmic influences in our musical upbringings that we're able to draw upon this vocabulary and speak to each other um, on, on, on terms we both understand very well. And we can get into risky situations about risky topics of musical conversation and solve the, you know, solve the ills of the world, if you like, musically speaking, and come out on top come out in a better place and there's to me that's generally what comping is and what supporting a soloist is and being in the rhythm section and being improvising musicians it's about you know working with all of this vocabulary that we agree on and we know how it works and actually we don't need to think about how it works uh, we just need to trust how we use it and trust how we've used it for so long at this point and uh, I hear that in the playing, in mine and Cliff's playing here. And that's always nice. To, and of course, I'm, I picked randomly a moment where I, I'm kind of digging what's happening here. This is, this is not always the case. I wish I could think off the top of my head like, oh, this was a piece of shit gig where I hated everything I played. I, actually, I can't. That's not to say that I don't want to present that to you. Maybe it's something uh, that I need to prepare for a little bit. Maybe that's something for a later episode where I prepare some things where we can A, B some things, you know, one night where it was going really badly and then I was able to move to the next night and repair some of those things and, and make it go better. So something I will keep in mind for the future. It's not something I want to hide or shy away from. It's something I do all the time. Um, literally every single show I play, I go back and give it that kind of critique. We just happen to have hit a moment that's actually kind of cool here. Um, and everything's everything's sort of firing. Um, <laughs> now we're getting into some shit. Okay, so there was no sort of definitive bam, 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 boom, end of the fucking solo. You know, it didn't happen. We got up, we got kind of like, oh, it could end here, but then we ended up going further. And then Cliff was like, well, fuck this double time thing. Let's go half time, but with a little more force and then double time feel in between. And then we, we've got to this point where we've kind of dipped down, but we're still sort of improvising, collectively improvising. I've gone to the bridge, which is in six. And then we're sort of out of it. Which I love, like I, I hate it. Well, okay. Hate is a strong word. I'm not the biggest fan of the cookie cutter form. You know, I've written the freaking song. The form of the solo is one chord, so it's hardly a form. Um, it does get form-like when you include, you know, a reference to the melody to end the solo, for instance. But it's quite obvious. You go, ba 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 ba, it's a big old down. Great. Okay, yeah, everyone's done that before. You know, so I'm I'm not a massive fan of that happening every single time. Sometimes it's just perfect and it's appropriate and. Everyone comes to that conclusion right away and boom, that's, that's, that's awesome. But it doesn't have to be like that every time. And I'm a huge fan of, you know, maybe playing the head, getting, getting into some solos and never going back to the head ever again. I really, I, I dig that. Just moving on to the next thing and, and leaving it behind. Anything to break the form and to find something new, that's generally what I'm working on. Um, that's what, where my brain's going when we're playing live. And that's what we've sort of done here. We've, we've, this is very unconventional end to the solo. 
Oh, I've completely changed tempos now. Swampy, no idea where we're going. Hmm. And it's just me and Cliff for a second. What that's given me, like going to that tempo, just like completely changing the tempo, apropos of nothing, boom, different direction. Great. That's number one thing that we can get away from the form with. Um, and something, you know, Anir has clocked that and he's just not playing. He's laying out, which is fucking awesome, seeing what's going on. Cliff's playing this swampy groove. I'm sort of freed up to play a, a little more space and play some chords, melody, harmony, whatever it is. I don't know where it's going next. I would imagine Nier is going to join us at some point. We're probably going to agree there's going to be some sort of consensus. is going on a little longer than i thought it might but that's it was still it still hasn't dipped as far as i can feel like there are moments where i listen back to i get into extended moments like this on gigs and i listen back and be like oh that was the moment i should have shut the fuck up i should have stopped and caught it a day or whatever this it still feels like it's got legs so <laughs> let's see how much longer that lasts <laughs> Go to the melody. Okay. And then we're going to go to a drum solo maybe. And with trio, it's, it's so loose, it's so open. Everyone can quite often play on one tune. Then it's also nice to play really short tunes, perhaps vignettes so many things you can do there didn't expect that i thought Nia was going to come in and comp a little but he laid out the whole solo great i was playing more chordal and melodic stuff like i said so man it's i, I could i could do this for hours for days on end just going back and critiquing and digging in and looking at and putting under the microscope and and uh you know most most importantly getting new and better ideas from it i think that's that 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 I hope is the takeaway of this episode of the podcast, of this, you know, uh, exposing of my own playing, shall we say. And just, just how I do it, why I do it, more importantly. Um, and then how I look back at certain things and what, it, what exactly it is I get out of it. Um, so hopefully that's given you a little bit of an insight into that. Like I said, the live archive, it's available at my website. I'll link it below in the description of the video. It's a one-time joining fee. And then you were like a lifetime member. It's like, like I said, like having a lifetime library card uh, to a library that I'm constantly adding, uh, adding concerts to. And, you know, I, I've been finding older ones as well, which has been really fun and adding them. There are some, there are 
ton of stuff in there, hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of videos. And I would I would hazard a guess that I probably have, I mean, it's going to take me, yeah, don't get me wrong, it's not happening in the next three months. It's going to take me years to add it all. But I, I reckon I probably have about 400-ish shows on video. So you can multiply that by and like eight or ten or something. Ten songs of show is probably three or four thousand videos that will eventually end up in the live archive. And of course, <laughs> I keep playing shows, so those will all go up there as well. You know, I add the Steve Smith Vital Information stuff, all the Bob Reynolds stuff, the Benny Greb stuff, really everything. Um, I had some really interesting shows with an Iranian pop singer last year. So it's really it's it's actually very varied some baked potato things stuff from all over the world um yeah uh, there's randy breckish a ton of mike stern stuff that i've been slowly adding in there from touring and some of it's super nostalgic of course and i remember back to great times with great musicians and uh, and uh, incredible tours some of it's not all like just mining it for information and how to get better right now there is some entertainment or nostalgia value for me um, and hopefully there's every there's there's some of all of that for you if you choose to check it out um, again the big thing that today is the book drop uh I think I also have sight reading coming as well. I know I never had any physical copies of Bass Player's Guide to Sight Reading. So, yeah, check all those out, physical copies. I'm signing them, shipping them all over the world, all over the U.S., all over the world. I've been sending them to France and Japan and uh, New Zealand and where did I send someone in South America? The other day. It's been been crazy. I've been... Um, really having a blast doing that and and i i shall continue don't forget there are night watch posters as well available at the website i think also shipping worldwide i'm gonna double check on that when i hit hit the stop button in a second but um yeah everything is linked below um let me know your thoughts your feedback on having the podcast on the main channel uh if it's just easier to keep all stuff quizdala in the same place and and less of a pain in the ass to go search around when you want to check out the podcast so maybe one long form thing a week in the form of the podcast would be would be optimal i hope it's going to be like that because it'd be nice to keep it all in the same place um that's it appreciate you uh, sticking around this long if you did see you on the next one yeah.